On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. All right, here we go. Living Legends Podcast. We are fighting for that inch. It is the week 13 preview, the last podcast of the regular season. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining, listening to the uh, the faithful pod. I have my people here, Lord Dolan, Mr. President. We are here again, as I said, for the final regular season podcast of the 2020 season. We have a lot of stuff to get into. We will be doing our normal football gods discussion, talking playoffs, 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 COVID striking again, and uh, turning the NFL into a uh, high school pickup game, um, and just <laughs> all things related to fantasy football. Uh, before I get into that, I, I, I got to give it up to 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 my fellas, give you guys an option, uh, an opportunity to, to say what's up to the people. Hey, Mr. President, say what's up. What's going on? I'm looking forward to this pod. This is the, this is the, I feel like it's like the bracketeers. I can like, you know, right before the uh, uh, NCAA when they're like, say bracketology, like, is this person in, is that person out? And, and you're trying to go through all the permutations. Like that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm excited. And uh, Lord Dolan, anything to say to the people? Everyone, it is good to be back. Uh, setting up today in the studio felt like it's been forever since we got to chop it up and talk some football, having uh, that early Thanksgiving episode and then late episode this week. So excited to get back into it, talk some football, and talk about what's going on with fantasy playoffs. Favorite time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 thank you guys for the love on that on that Thanksgiving podcast. Uh, it seems like the the league really appreciated it. Trying tried to get that out there and make sure it was right on time for the Thanksgiving games, and uh, it worked. It worked out. So now we can move on to what's been going on in our league and get that discussion going with that that football gods discussion. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. The gods will not save you. That is the theme of the last <laughs> several weeks. The gods will not fucking save you at all. We have been hit by COVID, injuries, buys, all at the same time while you're trying to play against your own division, while you're trying to make the playoffs. Things are all over the place. I mean, the first thing I want to talk about is just let's just get into COVID. The, Talk about uh, talk about that Rona. How's that happening? I mean, I don't, I think calling it the Rona is too affectionate right now. At this point, she is just on a warpath. I mean, when you have a like when you have a game get played on a Wednesday afternoon because NBC was essentially like, I'm not going to give up the tree lighting ceremony at Rockefeller Center for this game. Sorry. So you're going to play this thing at three o'clock and. Um, it was, it literally was like, I think eighth grade middle school football games been played at a similar time slot and it was low scoring and it just the ripple effect of it. There's no Thursday night game right now, right? There's two Monday night games this week. Um, and, and home field advantage has been shot for some teams. Uh, 
You've got the Denver Broncos playing with a backup practice squad wide receiver turn quarterback. Um, and, uh, and he had more passing yards than the Eagles did in the first four drives passing. Let's not talk about that. Um, but you know, it's just it, like anytime I thought that's it, I have seen it all. COVID finds a way to make it different. And she's just, and, and the problem is as the winter comes in, as we are literally entering in the worst part of this pandemic, even though we're all tired and fatigued, like the, what are the playoffs going to look like? Right. You just literally hope that every time Adam Schefter posts something, I'm like, you just hope it's not another team being like, oh, they got to close down this facility because 18 million five people got COVID on the Ravens or the Steelers. Don't let the Chiefs get anything. Um, we're at the point where you don't need to practice anymore. Saran wrap your key players and just keep them on ice until the playoffs at this point. This is nuts, man. Yeah, that is. Uh... It's it's gotten to a crazy level. I mean, that Saints game. I, being the degenerate gambler that I am, I, I looked at the line as as things were going around, and it went from Saints were you know had were favored by seven to favored by ten to favored by seventeen, and it still wasn't enough. There was an over and over under on the uh, Broncos scoring ten points in the game. I thought about it. I was like, 10 points. I mean, we could figure it out. I forgot. This is the NFL. You're not gonna have uh you're not gonna have the coach's son come out there and, and throw it for 10 points on the on the Saints. So that was really, really rough. And it's 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 interesting how the NFL basically took a stand and said, Broncos, you can play with nobody. Um, Ravens will keep pushing it back. Uh, and ended up being an afternoon game, 340 game on a Wednesday. That's absolutely wild. So we'll see how we'll see how things uh, how things turn out with that. Um, but another thing I wanted to talk about, which is on everybody's mind, is playoffs, 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 playoffs. Like I've said a million times in this pod, we are on the final final week of the regular season. Um What's the playoff, you know, brackets looking like? What's the what are things looking like? What 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 are we expecting right now? Playoffs, I mean, I want to start with Living Legends and I actually just jumped into the playoff bracket right now and it looks like there are three teams coming out of one division and among that's in your division. We have three guys tied at 8 and 4 and second place is 7 and 5. And <laughs> Let me tell you something about, about Hard Knocks University, the campus of Hard Knocks, where you where I specialized in hard knocks, hard knock education. This this division is built differently than everybody else. When you look around the league, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on us for a little bit. When you look around the league, up north, the division leader is seven and five, and he's he's up a full game. Far east, division leader Doomsday, six and six. He's up a full game. He's not even worrying about it at six and six. He's happy to be 500. The Dirty South, eight and four. He's up a full game. Then you come to West Side. Eight and four gets you in the door. Eight and four gets you in the door. And you have three teams that are all tied at eight and four with high points for. If it was possible to get a bye and not win your division, the bye weeks would also go to West Side. That's how stacked it is right now. It's uh, it's coming down to the very end, 
and I have to pat myself on the back a little bit. I, uh, I've been pulling, I've been pulling some back-to-back wins to pull myself into to second place because I was, I was at the bottom. Historic, historic wins. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second. Yeah, clawing your way to the top there, and you know it's, you gotta feel bad for for, and we're gonna have uh, the guy losing fourth place in the division lit, talking a little bit, sitting at seven and five. And he might be outside looking in, and you have Doomsday in the Far East sitting six and six, maybe six and seven if he loses this week. He's in because he wins his division. You know, it's, he's the NFC East of, uh, of Living Legends. <laughs> <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to yeah. come with some frustration. Um, but let's jump into the collective real quick and look what that bracket is. Bracket and while, is. You, while you're cutting over to the collective, I do want to say – one thing that's that's really important in our playoff system is um, obviously six teams make it to the playoffs. The top two teams in the entire league get a bye that first week. It is I cannot state how important the bye is if you can get it. It's good work if you can get it because fantasy football, as we all know, is an up and down situation, and you don't want your down week to be week one of the playoffs. Mm. We've seen it happen. It's ugly. You got to console somebody when they've spent a whole year building to this one moment and then whatever happens and the team doesn't doesn't pull through. So the top two teams get a bye. Everyone else that that didn't make the playoffs are in the consolation bracket in normal playoffs, uh, normal fantasy football systems, consolation bracket. What's the point? Don't even look at it anymore. Um, The way we've set it up is the weekly points leader, the Coffees for Closers Award, is only available to people who are in that consolation bracket. And if you have the most points when you're not, you know, when you're in that bracket, um, you can still collect some money to close out the year. There's, you know, basically three weeks left to close out, you know, close out the year and collect some money. But it becomes real tight as we get to these, uh, as we get to these playoffs. You got that. You have round one, which is week 14, uh, the wild card week. You get into round two, which is uh, essentially the uh, the conference uh, the conference finals, and then you get into the finals in, in week sixteen for the uh, for the overall chip. So it's a tough, tight situation as you get to this point, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it, week thirteen. It's it's a fun week. Uh, teams can win divisions, or they can be out of the playoffs. Um, it's fun. Week 13 is fun getting into playoffs. And, and like the commission, that bye week is so key because you pretty much just guarantee your spot in the conference finals and you're one step away from the championship. And it is such a key week. And talking about my team in the in the collective, things started to fall apart a little bit this week with uh, Will Fuller getting suspended and DJ Moore getting hurt. So I'm clawing for that bye week. And in, in the vision I'm in, I'm looking at a team like Wakanda Righteous Brother who's sitting at seven and five and he's been running the table on coffee for closers and I don't want to see that man in the playoffs. It's a bad man. It's a bad <laughs> man. A, I just paid him I just paid him for the fifth time this year. Fifth time? He made it he's in the black. He made Listen, so he made his money back. He's good. He made his money back and some. He's out here playing with house money. He's just playing for fun right now. And he's currently sitting at at what? Seven. seven and five. He's seven and five, seventh seed, right outside the playoffs. I mean, like, don't let him pull another week like that. And here, here's the crazy thing. Here's the thing that, like, 
if you look at the playoff bracket in the collective, it's it's the more compelling one because the eighth seed is the BX Shadow Hunters, who are also in my division. And the, you know, they're in my division. They are also that team that I don't want to play. So they're right now, both of those teams could possibly be in it. I'm sitting at the sixth seed at eight and four, playing my division leader. Um if the bracket started today, who's also eight and four. So winner wins the division. Loser probably doesn't make the playoffs. Like it's for all the marbles. And I'm at the point now where like, I can't have anyone like Josh Allen stay healthy, please. Like no injuries, no, no, no COVID. No. Oh, well, you know, like this week, you know, like Adam Thielen got COVID last week. Like I, I was like, well, I lost, I lost. And I somehow pulled it together because I played, you know, uh, the man formerly known as a real name, who just initials, uh, I played his team and, uh, he had an even worse game than I did. And the 83 points got me the win. Right. But like, I need everyone to like, keep it tight, saran wrap that thing when you leave the house and please stay healthy because, uh, this is the witching hour of the season, right? Where where winners become division winners and losers are on the outside looking in. And I just feel I hear Chris Hansen in the background is every time that I'm making a decision, like, hmm, uh, 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 let's rewind that decision and just be like, damn it, man. I really messed up because one bad move will be the difference between either you winning in and keeping out some of the hottest teams in the league who are sitting in the seventh and eighth spot. And, uh, and if you, if you are already in, if you're sitting at like, you know, a bye week or, you know, a third or fourth seed, you know, they're probably like, I want to play too dope to fail because I don't want him to lose out. And then I end up playing this behemoth in the first round and then lose. Because here's the thing. If you lose in the first round of the playoffs, you, you aren't, you can't get third place, second place or first place. So that means there's no possibility of getting your ante back or doubling it in second place, or I don't even know what first place is this year. It might be like $500 or $400, right? You just, now you're just like stuck. I got all this way and uh, I can hopefully get coffee as it closes one of the weeks. It is the most anticlimactic way to end. If you lose, you lose, right? I didn't make the playoffs, I didn't make the playoffs, but to be like, I made the playoffs and then I played the juggernaut and lost, damn it. I mean, that's, that is the nightmare. That is the nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that can absolutely happen and will probably happen to someone in this uh, in this division, in this league, yeah. one of the leagues um, as it is. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes um, for the next spot. There's a couple of things that I want to talk about um, looking looking forward uh, ahead as far as uh, what we may do in the future preseason NFL playoffs. Um, talking about the Super Bowl and and college players and how the how that's looking, um, but I want to it bring into the conversation one of our managers um, who is a manager in uh, is it in Living Living Legends, Legends? McCaffeine High Yep in Living McCaffeine High, Ron Thomas, legend, uh, uh, veteran manager of the uh, of the Living Legends uh, League. Joining us today, we want to talk shop and 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 basically get to know you, get the let the league get to know you, and and you know see how how, how things are going. So, sir, 
You've been recognized. Say hello to the people. Uh, glad to be here, guys. Absolutely. I mean, what you guys did this year is insane. I mean, the podcast, the Slack, um, you know, having those those side off conversations with certain managers that I know, majority of which I don't know, <laughs> trying to create trades out of nothing. <laughs> yeah, this was next up. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so as a one thing that we've been doing with people who come onto the podcast is just talking about what brought you to the league, um, and uh, how does it compare to other leagues that you were that you've been in. Uh, so, Vabov uh, Singh, he's uh, uh, Army Leonidas and Army of Three Hundred. He's the one who, uh, unfortunately, he's the one who brought me in. <laughs> I think it's what my fourth year now. Um, yeah, sounds right. And uh, it, there's no comparison. Yeah, you know, I, I was in I was in five leagues when I first got into this league the first time. I'm in two leagues now, and I'm thinking that second one I'm going to drop too. <laughs> My only regret is that I didn't get involved in the collective. That- I was telling I was telling folks, listen, I was like, I had a lot of people who were like, you know, uh, with COVID, I think I'm going to just stick to one league. I was like, you sure? They're like, yeah. I was like, all right, all right. Well, you know. You were one of them. Yeah. You were, you were like, nah, I'm good this year. And then I came back at you at the last minute, like, I need you to step up and get one of these leagues. And you're like, all right, man, you're right. <laughs> you know how to sell, you know? So. <laughs> it's all good. It's I mean, all good. It's, of all the years to, uh, to barely make it in, this was the, this was the year to do it. I mean, we, we made some upgrades to the, to the league overall. Like you said, the Slack is brand new. The podcast, of course, is brand new. And we're always uh, keeping ideas on, on what we're going to do going forward. One thing that, that um, Sean has brought up is having the podcast go even after the fantasy football season and covering a couple topics here and there uh, as, the, uh, as the year goes on. Sean, I'll give you a chance to, to talk about that. What are, you, what are your thoughts about the, the future of the podcast for the league? So we're trying to grow this into an annual, uh, annual event, annual branding, annual drops, where there are so many things that happen outside of the regular fantasy season that we can talk about that have an impact on the overall season, uh, starting with the draft, um, starting with college players. And this is actually a point Vibov has brought up. Um, is he, He's heavy into the college game. And I feel like there's a couple owners who are also heavy into the college game. And a lot of these players are transitioning faster to the pros and are standouts in the league. And I'm, this year, you can look at it in the wide receiver class, a T. Higgins, a Justin Jefferson, a C.D. Lamb. I mean, these guys are lighting it up, and they were going in the bottom of our our auction draft. So the guys who are on top of the college game stand to uh, get some big wins with those kind of players. And I think if we can get these folks on the pod, get some interviews going, have them talk about it, just another layer to the drafting, and it, it gives us something more to talk about when the season's over. Uh, same thing with um, doing a special draft uh, podcast right before our actual drafts go live, maybe a week before I talk about some studs, some sleepers, some potential busts. Um, because and I think the one thing we've seen with the response from the Slack and the podcast is how much everyone missed talking football when we don't have it. So when these elements give us things to do outside of the season, sort of post Super Bowl, right before free agency precinct kicks off in the summer. Um, and even even with the regular league, uh, the NFL playoffs, I mean, it's exciting even if your team doesn't make it. We want to bring people on for the pod. If, if you're a fan of a specific team and they're in the playoffs and making a run, let's talk about it. You know, we don't have to just talk fantasy in the podcast. We can talk shop with the regular league. And I think it just 
it keeps everyone engaged. And that's really what we're trying to do is keep this going year round. I like that a lot. Yeah, that that that'll be something that um, I'm pretty sure we can we can get some good pods off of that, especially talking the draft, talking about um, college players to look out for and, and focus on for next year and talking playoffs. I think I think uh, having a discussion about the NFL playoffs as it's going on would be pretty cool to kind of handicap who we think are, is going to win, what we think is going to happen how things are going to go when, you know, the focus is no longer on 16 games and it's down to four games and, and everything like that. So that'll be good. Um, with that, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the, to the next thing. So, so Karan, looking at this year, how do you feel about, you know, your team? Um, how'd you respond to COVID? How'd you, you know, react to, uh, how, how'd things go for you this season? I drafted the worst team. I looked at what I was at week one post-draft. I looked at my squad. I've got two players still on my team today. Wow. And that is McCaffrey, who's been, of course, out majority of the year. And it's Juju. So believe me, I lived on the waiver. I was actually text- texting if um, a couple weeks ago saying, look, I-, I follow your team extremely closely because I'm watching who you're adding and especially who you're dropping. So that, that intuition that Juju's there. Um, and I've got a couple, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to kind of follow certain managers, especially the, the teams that start to hurt come, you know, the, the first round of division games and you start taking L's pretty early in, in, in the year. You got to start making moves. You know, I, I drafted who T.Y. Hilton, Marvin Jones, um, uh, Edelman. I mean, your, none your of them. Team, your team was great last year. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I was <laughs> all, yeah exactly. All those people would be great last year. I was thinking, I you know, I, I've I've got a 2018 2019 blend over here. I don't know what what I was thinking. I put 107 down on McCaffrey, and and that went completely haywire. So uh, yeah, I week 11 rolled around, and I've got zero dollars in free agency. I put it all out there, and uh, and guess what, Monk, we're playing this week. <laughs> and and I still got a shot for that wild card spot. You definitely do. I need to crush you this week in order to really. I'm trying to get the first round by. This is an important game for me. Yeah. Don't don't do yeah, me dirty the way Tyreek did. You know, Jonesing <laughs> dirty last week. Don't do that to me. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's that's playing on Madden, playing your cousin whose controller is not c- plugged in. And you are going off. Tyreek put put up ridiculous numbers. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that later. But that's uh, you brought up a point about spending a hundred and four dollars on McCaffrey, and it makes me think about the fact that you know, with the auction draft, you know, you're setting your price, right? Well, you're you're kind of setting it, right? The, the market is kind of pushing it more. You always pay a little bit more than you wanted to until probably later on in the draft where you're like, oh, I feel good about the value I, I got for that guy. But in the beginning, everyone's paying more than they wanted to for every player that they get. Your first two, three players, you're like, shit, I didn't want to spend 80 bucks on this person, but I guess I have to. I didn't want to spend 100 bucks, but I guess I have to. But I wonder, you know, we could probably look back and look at the numbers, but the amount of players that go for like north of $90 that then don't pan out, because of the fact that either they get hurt or 
it's just hard to put up that type of to put up those numbers, right? Like yeah. Lamar Jackson putting up another Lamar Jackson season was just not going to happen. So I just was out on Lamar Jackson. But, you know, the the expectation that comes with I've put, you know, half of my entire budget into this one player. I need you to give me half my points, essentially. It's just it hasn't been working out. And I, I wonder what you guys what your thoughts are on, on that. And how, how do you think it's going to affect drafting going forward? I wonder, like there's a natural tendency to overdraft players who do well the previous year. Um, because you just can't go in the details of like everybody and like what their current situation is, right? How had the rookie class affect people's production, how, new coaching changes, all that type of stuff. There's a certain element of T.Y. T.Y. Houghton's good. T.Y. Houghton for $12, that's a good deal, right? Because you remember them being good last year. I think a lot of people as a whole have had down years this year because of everything that happened, injuries, COVID, whatever it is that they'll be a lot they'll be way undervalued coming next year and then there'll be the DK Metcalf is going to go for a lot next year yeah. right like when you think of like receivers like who are going to be the top 5 receivers next year it's not going to be perennially it's been the you know Julio's like Devontae Adams people would be like yeah some people really are on him some people aren't like 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 the the staples of position particular positions are going to change because a lot of people had some historically down years like Michael Thomas, but there's also just been a, you know, DeAndre Hopkins has had like really good year, like a really good year, but as of late, he's been okay. He's been pretty pedestrian. And if it ends that way, like your, if your last image is, you know, him and Kyler Murray struggle down the stretch, right? You might be able to get Hop at like the seventh most expensive wide receiver next year. And he could, things could be back to normal. He can be top five, top three. And it's like, how did that happen? The same way like Devontae Adams, I feel like was down going into this year because he was hurt a lot last year. And now, now he's showing everybody, listen, you know, put extra cook on grass. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. He's out here eating. He's making you feel comfortable about starting him by the end of the first drive almost every single week. Not, oh, he had a good game, but by the end of the, it's like, oh, the Packers are on. Oh. Devontae Adams, yep, he's good. He's going to be good. He's got 40 and a touchdown. Two catches, 40 and a touchdown. What? He can go to sleep. Um, so that's that's what's going to happen. I think I probably will have to do more research going into next year than I have in probably the last four or five years just because, like, throw out all the stuff that you thought. Like, all the people that were good, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's going to have to be, all right, who's the, who's the QB coach on this team, right? Where they come from? What schemes do they run? Are they hard ass or not? Does that person respond well to like tough, to- tough coaching or no? Like, um, and then on top of that, just, and I'll be out on is, is from the quarterback position, the old guard, this might be the year where it's like, Breeze may not come back. Yeah. Phillip Rivers looks like, listen, this, I got one arm left and this is it. <laughs> right. Um, Big Ben may, he, he, <laughs> He may come back. He may not. Like Brady's probably going to come back, but like there's just there's just a lot of the old guard where you're like, I don't know. Like this is going to be the Joe Burrow, um, you know, the you know Herbert, like these new guys. In addition to the the Justin Fields and you know um, Trevor Lawrence's, like the the new buds going to come in, and then you're going to have people like like Carson Wentz isn't going to get drafted next year. 
right? And he could either like blow up and do something, or it can be like, yeah, he's the new Blake Bortles, right? Tick him up in a bye week, maybe you start him, hopefully you get something, you drop him. I mean, my it, it hurts my soul to say this out. I was waiting. <laughs> oh my God. That, 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 that was painful to hear you oh, say. Said it. <laughs> my goodness, like you're talking about my child. It's Jesus. Of all the comparisons, <laughs> Blake Bortles. For everyone listening, mm. you had to see the facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, that was it. <laughs> it was just, as I, I was like, who's that quarterback that's always at the top of the. Yeah, it's. It's Bortles. It's Fitzpatrick. It was Eli. Like it was like those quarterbacks that you know they never get drafted, but they're always like the first off the, like. So we don't know. Yeah. Like that's that's the that's what the, the uncertainty of next year is going to be. Yeah, and I think, and I'll and I'll let you guys get in, but I I think a, a big thing too that's going to happen is one thing we got to remember is we just turned the second league to auction. You know, it's been. We had one auction league and then two snake drafts. And then uh, we realized that there's no going back. We need to go straight auction. And we went straight auction for both leagues. So what's going to happen, too, is people are more adept at, you know, auction drafting as you start going forward. And you and as we have this podcast and you're hearing the stories of like, man, uh, you know, this guy spent $107 on a single player and that player has been injured for 85% of the year. All right, don't rub it in. And uh <laughs> so, so that's well that's you know that's multiple people. I mean Michael Thomas, you you have just multiple people who you spent good money on and they they're not doing anything. So it'll be interesting how that'll affect auction drafting in the in the future. Yeah, and I think uh you know even jumping off uh, if's point that the research that's going to be required, right? Typically, you you have an idea of who's going to perform the next year. I think, I think the the pod doing a free agency recap, understanding of where the moving parts are, and, and not just on offense, right? Defense too. What I what I've realized this year is taking a look at some of the cornerback or uh, you know cornerback wide receiver matchups, some of the the lineman moves, um, who's healthy, who's not, who's starting off healthy, who should be healthy halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. You get an idea of trends. Like I picked up Minnesota defense complete mess right off the bat in the beginning of the year right and i was thinking the complete opposite and um and it all came down to i there's just not enough content out there that i was reading at least um about that particular defense to understand that you know that's who who i should or should not pick up yeah defense is an interesting thing i know we had the we had the conversation about kickers and um we probably need to circle back and figure out how do we like what like do we do a pod that's just like a like an official vote I'm in HOA mode because I might have a manual meeting coming up and I'm like, do we do a zoom call with everyone on it and they get votes? Like there's probably a procedure that we can do to figure that out. But, but defenses have been so boomer bust. And now like, it's funny. Cause like early in the year, I, like during the auction draft, I was, I would put down a dollar on a defense early on being like, people aren't going to, and like some defenses went for like $5. I'm like, come on, man. Like the whole point is I put a dollar because I want to get my guy. I want Justin Tucker. Let me get Justin Tucker for a dollar. He shouldn't go for seven. Um, and ended up being like the most successful defense or it's like almost streaming. Like now I'm just like, I was just trying to like, who's playing the jets, who's playing the jets. I need, <laughs> I need their defense. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, you know, I, in another league, like I have, 
I've got Seattle's defense who have been historically bad, but they're playing the NFC East over the next couple of weeks. They're playing the Giants. They play the Eagles. Like I'm like, th- that's a that's a move where you're like, you know, you can take literally. They were on pace for like the third worst defense in the history of football statistically, but they may end up winning you a playoff game, right? So the loyalty of just like, oh, the Bears have a good defense every year. That's true. The Steelers have a good defense. That's true. The Ravens, yeah. And then like everything else, no, like. It just hasn't been true. Like you don't even like. I don't even know. I'm also. I'm hearing you. Like I got to find out a better resource for for defenses and kickers and that type of stuff. The the off brand scouting is what I think is the the big deficiency that I need to tighten up my own game in for next year. Especially when we have our fourth league, you know, and you got to spread this. You hear me? Fourth league. So to save your money now, it'll be two fifty per per league. So I need people dropping football numbers out there. Yo, let me get a grand out there. Like, all right, cool. Full unit to get my fantasy in for the year. Yeah, that, that's a great point on the defenses and, and the stats. I mean, because if especially now, defenses have started to come around. They started to gel. Offenses started to gel uh, this late in the season. And Seattle's a great example. I mean, if you look at the ESPN rankings, uh, I think I have Sterling Shepard playing Seattle and it's supposed to be a plus matchup because Seattle's defense is ranked like 32nd or 31st. But Seattle's trending and Colt McCoy is starting. I don't want to start Shepard. So you got to dive a little deeper other than what ESPN is telling you the rankings are. Um, and defenses will come together later in the season, especially not having training camps in preseason. So I feel like it, it it's a second season, so to speak, especially going into our fantasy playoffs. So you have to look at it more contextually. Um, matchups, what the trends are, coaching moves, things like that, versus just straight. Oh, here are the top five or the bottom five defenses in passing yards or rushing yards. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting how we uh, how that works itself out going into next year. So, um, finally, before we move on to the uh, the awards, while we while we still have Kron, I wanted to ask if there was anything that uh, that stood out to you this year that you wanted to uh, to talk about or, or bring up any stories through the league. Any matchups, any awards, or anything that 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 really stood out to you this year? Um, okay, so I'm thankful to have won uh, coffee for closers twice, even though I had the worst draft ever I've I've ever had. Um, but I think I think the one of the biggest things that I learned this year um, are two things. One is you can live off the waiver wire, but you gotta you gotta you gotta hawk it. You have to make sure you're doing the research, you're digging in deep into the rookies. You're trying to find that, that diamond in the rough. Um, and, and don't be afraid to spend that money, even if it's early, right? I, I think I spent $120 out of that in week four, or week five, extremely early, but it, it paid off. Um, and the second thing that I learned was I didn't realize, but on ESPN, and I think this goes back to the week where we added an extra, the fourth s- slot in the, in the bench, you can pick up a player off who's on a bye week if you've got that slot open. Even though it's it's Monday post game, the week is basically shut down. Everyone should be going on waiver, but you can still pick up a bye week player. So I never knew. I don't know how many managers know that, but that was that was crafty. Are over. You out there? Uh, you out yeah. there? Now, now I can say it, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to save you for this week. Yeah. No, it is. It's one of those things like. When you're talking about, I need to go pick up a kicker. Like I realized early on that if 
you're on my bench and you're not that great, I'm dropping you and I'll keep the spot open. It's more valuable to have an empty spot than to have a person that I know I'm going to drop. And, you know, when it's like, oh, I'm streaming a kicker, let me go pick up a kicker, right? Let me go pick him up now. And then I'll drop my kicker when waivers clean clay or like yeah. my weight, my kicker would be the person that I would drop when I pick up someone else. Right. So yeah, it's a little, I mean, you know, I feel like this year, the, not that many people were like dry, like good people were dropped on buys. I think, I think the leagues did a really good job of um, not dropping great potential just to make it for a buy. I don't know how that did in terms of like, I don't know people have lost. They might've like, has the win loss record been impacted by it? But I feel like typically every year there's always the like that person, why are they available? And you're like, Oh, well, they had a buy the week before and people just like abandon them. Um, I think if anything, this year might've been a case of letting, like, I know I did it multiple times and I'm sure you scooped up half my team that like, you know, if I had the team that I drafted in living legends, I wouldn't be two in 10. Right. Um, but I let go a lot of people early because I was, you know, I rolled the dice. Justin and I Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. You know, it's multiple yeah. people, right? Multiple people. So, so, um, but that's, that's good. That's an interesting point, though. That, um, I think people looking forward next year, they'll probably take that advice. But anything else, though, that, uh, that you made your takeaways? Um, I, I think the only last thing is is, is a trade uh, that I noticed between um, Jonesing uh, for Patty Cakes and Wakanda. I, I think this was week nine. They were playing against each other. Important game to win. I mean, you look at Westside, right? Uh, three teams, eight and four, and I'm sitting there seven and five, and I still got a little bit of a lifeline. He, um, he was going up against Wakanda, and he made a strategical trade. That's what I was talking to him about offline where he gave Will Fuller as well as Justin Herbert for um, Darren Waller. And the reason he made that trade was because he would put two QBs in Wakanda's team and put a bi-week player along with a couple other bi-week players he, he already had to kind of handicap that production that you could get just to get the, week, the win for the week. So he sacrificed some value there just to try to lock in that one week win, which is basically the reason why he's first place right now. So I thought that was brilliant. That's interesting. And it gets through and no one, no one opposes it. Cause they're like, Oh, I don't know why we do that, but it's not so lopsided that you're like, this is bullshit. Like what's going on? Like, you know, it is, it's when you told me about that, I was like, I had to reread it again. I was like, wait, he did that. But I mean, that's, I've seen, I'm picking up, though I'm picking up a third QB because I know I'm playing a guy who needs a QB and you're just like, I'm just going to hoard him. Shame on you for not picking that person up. Right. Um, I love those stories. Cause it's, it's that like you're playing that three dimensional chess and it's like, you guys are playing on this level, but I am playing, I'm seeing the whole field and you know, you're willing to take a short term loss or maybe not be able to pick up another player just to like handicap another person that you're playing. And, you know, you have to beat your division, right? So good kudos to him. Kudos to him. Get that win. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Awesome story. Well, we'll move on to the awards. Karan, we want to thank you for coming on to the pod. Um, always a pleasure to when we have a guest. And it was a great conversation. 
four year vet, which is crazy. The time flies. How many championships you got? I got one trophy, not quite as much as you do. I can see a couple behind already. You see a couple of those. It's not no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) No big deal. uh, That's good. We we appreciate the time, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Take care, man. Take care. So with that, we'll move into the awards and start off our our uh, our first award, our favorite, the original award, coffees for closers. Put that coffee down. Coffees for closers only. I'll start, I'll start with Living Legends and uh, the commissioner had 168. Like we always say, this is a record number. I don't know if anyone will ever beat it. But if you're in the 160s or above, it is ridiculous. And you get there because you have a Tyreek Hill who, courtesy to Wakanda Righteous Brother for posting this list uh, the from the Sporting News, the all-time fantasy points in a game. He comes in at number six all-time with they had standing to this. It wasn't PPR, and it was 44.9 points for them. Um he put up in our league, obviously, 57.9 points with 269 yards, three touch, three touchdowns, 13 catches. Three if, you're thinking about, yes. if you're thinking about what was like, what was number one, um, I mean, Jerry Rice, oh my goodness, Jerry Rice in 1990 put up 225 yards, 13 catches, and five touchdowns. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he, my goodness. Jerry Rice is on this list. Two times he had another game that was 289 yards, three touchdowns, 14 catches. So there's a reason why he's the goat. Yeah. But um, but you have a goat like performance on your team, you're going to win this award. And Gibson put in his historical 37, 36. Watson another 34. I mean, it's one of those games where you would hope that you could spread the points out, but it's so many points that come this time of the year, it actually will be pretty beneficial and it's going to be a great tiebreaker for him. So congratulations, sir. Uh, you did it. And in the collective, like we talked about before, Wakanda Righteous Brother for the fifth time so far um, has put up 135 points, gets this award, also had Tyreek Hill. You see the trend here. And then every after that, it was like, you know, 18 for Devontae, a little under 18 for Philip Rivers. Pretty much a normally good week, but when you have someone who out there and breaks the bank and is going for, you know, Guinness World Records, uh, you take your money and you enjoy it. So unbelievable weeks and will be interesting to see um, what this final week is going to be. You're, everyone's going to need to make that. If you was ever a time to get this award, it is week 13. It is week 13. Please let me get this award just so I can know I can sleep easier at night and beat the person so I can make it to the playoffs and win my division. But that's where we're at right now. You guys did it last week. Hopefully it carries over for some of you this week. So now we're going to, we're going to jump into the other end of the spectrum here. Uh, The lowest points in each league. And this is the crime meme award. And before I get into the awards, I'm going to officially petition to not have to call out this award next year on the pod. Cause it seems like I'm getting a lot of bad karma (laughs) in the living legends team. Because I have to award myself again the Crying Meme Award, I think probably the fourth time this year. And it's becoming so bad that I it's prompted a name change to the cup is half empty. <laughs> because I put up an abysmal 39.3 points. 
and everyone let me down. Kyler, eight points. Mm. Cup, six. I had to start Jalen Rager and hope for a monster game, but he gave me four. And it was so bad that the defense, the Colts defense, lost me three points. Mm. Uh, just dreadful mm. all around. You know, I was, um, I was watching your game because I was nervous that I would get it because I also had a ridiculous game. So I was like, man, this is so bad. I'm going to get this game. And then I was like, oh, my God, who has 23 points? I was like, oh, okay. Whew. Yeah, it's, Thank yeah, God. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt the same way. Uh, and then I was looking. I was like, yeah, wait, maybe, maybe if we'll get it. Maybe it's a race to the bottom. One of us is going to get it. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but jumping into the collective now, uh, we have a new uh, new owner taking the award this week, Jones & Co., uh, an unlikely winner. He's normally uh, middle of the road as far as points go, but this week he put up 56. And, I mean, the biggest downer from his team is Derek Carr, who only gave him, gave him less than a point, yeah. a solid point six. And it's, it's an even tougher pill to swallow because he had Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill sitting on the bench who gave 14 and 17 points respectively. And I don't know, if I were him, I would have started Taysom Hill because you figure he's going to at least score one rushing touchdown. And uh, it was against Denver with a starting receiver as quarterback. So you'd figure that it would be a very lopsided win. Um, all in all, the rest of the team, average performance, it was just really a letdown from from Derek Carr, but that's where we're at for the other end of the spectrum this year. The two worst performances of the league week. It's rough, and you you definitely don't want to be on, on this uh, on this award. And I feel like we've seen some some managers who've gotten it probably a few times too many. Um, but uh, it is what it is at this point of the year. If you're if you're getting that award, um, you are who we thought you were. And in both the leagues, uh, the cup is half empty is, is four and eight and Jones and company are four and eight. Um, it's not a trend. It's, it's, you know, this is, this is what it is. I'm, I'm, you know, treading water in the other league and, and doing well in this, in, in living legends. So we'll see how it goes towards the end of the year. It would be great to have some waiver moves in the playoffs and, and steal a couple of, uh, coffees for closers because the the other thing that comes with the fact that now you're only competing with people who are not in the playoffs or basically not in the playoffs is you may not need as great of a week to win coffees for closers because you're only competing with 10 people as opposed to 16 so that's a that's a big move so with that we'll move on to the uh next segment um moves that interested us things that we liked our revolutionary roster moves. Um, so this week was interesting. So obviously the trade deadline has passed, so there are no more trades. And there was very little activity for the most part. I think um, people's free agent budgets are spent, right? People went all in, as we talked about before. Um, but what I have been noticing is a lot of people dropping people. So uh, it's interesting. I, I wonder um, if people are sort of noticing the they're just dropping dead weight early and they're having empty roster spots. So maybe they're trying to, you know, I, I'm just, I think it's just interesting to sort of see um, that folks are, are keeping spots open probably 
it, it makes sense, right? COVID's happening, things are changing, right? If a person drops, you want to have a spot open to pick them up immediately, especially when everyone sort of cleared waivers. So I'm noticing that trend. I looked through both leagues and I was like, huh, there's a lot of there's a lot of just drops, very little ads, nothing too big. Uh, I think people are clearing out the deadwood and basically staying as nimble as possible because it might end up being a it might be a defense that you pick up where you're like, oh, little did we know starting running back on this other team is actually going to be out. And now the the Seahawks are attractive, right? Or, or you know, who's playing the Bengals, right? Or the, the Broncos are starting a practice squad wide receiver. Obviously, it was the Saints, so that defense was rostered. But if they were playing a team that had a pretty bad defense, it might have been good to have a spot to be able to nimbly pick them up and then just see closer to game time. Is this as real as I think it is? Yeah. So it looks like people are kind of like doing that and their intuition is strong. So that was just pretty cool. I thought we'd call out. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I, I wonder how that'll, uh, that'll turn itself out. Um, hopefully it's not people giving up and just <laughs> selling the team. <laughs> For spare it. parts. Take it. Take you it. need a kicker? <laughs> Take them. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, with that, we'll go to our, our next segment for, leaving the most bench points uh, available, the put me in the game coach award. So jumping into living legends here. Uh, and and this is, this is interesting for these teams now, because now we have some benches that are putting up some monster points that pay a mindful eye to keep, to get these guys in your starting positions for the final week of the season. Even if you don't make the playoffs, I mean, these guys can win your clovers, coffee closers, like Monk said, um, you're going against 10 teams that are 16 and those really good teams there on the playoffs. So you're competing against the bottom of the barrel here. Um, and Josen for Pancakes takes the award this week, who left 54 points on his bench. Uh, he had a monster performance from Kenyon Drake. Jamal Williams outperformed Aaron Jones this week, which is unexpected. And and Taysom Hill put up a solid 17 and a half. Um, granted, he probably wouldn't have started him because he has Patrick Mahomes. But it just, it just gives him flexibility now. Um, if something unfortunately were to happen to Mahomes, he's got a backup in Taysom Hill who can give him a solid quarterback performance. Jumping into the collective, uh, the winner this week is anyone Tyson Jordan, whose team is just stacked. And he's sitting in second place in the West Side Division, my division. Again, this is a team I do not want to see in the come playoff time. And he had Antonio Gibson go off on Thanksgiving Day, giving him a solid 36 points. And even Rojo, Ronald Jones, with a solid 17 points against the KC defense. 57 points in your bench, and that's with the starting lineup giving you 80. This man has a solid team up and down. Um, he can plug and play each week, and it, he's dangerous going into the playoffs. That's uh, that's that's going to be tough, man, because – when you have a lot of points on your bench, typically, you know, when we first started this this award, it was kind of around people who were poorly managing their teams. Um, and but you, we started seeing you had both ends of the spectrum. Whether you, either you were poorly managing your team, or your team was so good that you had you know points to spare that were on your bench. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes into the into the playoffs because. It now comes down to you want to have as few points on your bench as possible. 
even if you have a great team, you do not want to put yourself in a, in a situation where you left a couple points and then you lost by a little. So that'll uh, that'll be that'll be something that, to keep track of and see how people are, are are cutting down on those rosters as you go into into playoff time and and making those decisions. Um, with that, I wanted to kind of get into a preview of, of week 13. Uh, we, we spoke about a little bit of it, um, but just kind of talk about, you know, what we're expecting for the rest of the year. Who's your daddy, Gary? Who's your daddy? You. Uh-huh. And whose team is this? Is this your team or is this your daddy's team? Yours. Mm-hmm. Is this your daddy's team? This this last week of the playoffs uh, of the uh, regular season, excuse me, before we go into the playoffs, I just want to say it's been a great year for uh, for the for the for both leagues um, in the final the end of the regular season. I feel like this is, uh, you know, eighth grade um, last couple days before it's really it's the it's the day where everyone knows this is essentially the last day of school. Um, because you know, the last couple of days we're just watching movies. So <laughs> this is, this is essentially the end of the season last week of the season, because once we get into the playoffs, um, as much as we try and avoid it, there'll be people who avoid, uh, logging in and paying attention to their league. Um, but I just want to say thank you to the fellas who came on to the pod. Um, thank you to everybody who, you know, they bled this man and, and made this thing what it was um, as we go into this last, this final matchup, final division game. Even if you're out of it, you owe it to your brothers to put the best, you know, the best game that you can put up in pure sports, uh, sportsmanship, man. You just, we, we all got to this point and we, 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 we appreciate the people who, you know, on the way out two and seven and took down the division leader. Everyone will will golf clap you as you as you exit the room and you flip your bat <laughs> because you deserve it. So uh, I want to I want to put that out there. Yeah, definitely. Because this this is this is the week where it's. I mean, we've tried to talk about it in so many different ways, but looking at the collective as an example. I'm playing so two dip the fail. I'm playing P Valley Tenno Hogs. Winner wins the division, guaranteed spot. Loser may not make it. If I lose, I, I don't think I make it. I don't have enough points for. If he wins, it, it's close. Uh, any Dyson Jackson Jordan's playing Sean. It's nine and three versus ten and two. Winner gets a buy, wins the division. Loser doesn't get a buy, doesn't win their division. Will be a wild card team playing some upshot team that just squeaked in and is trying to be the 07 Giants. I mean, like that's that's the stakes, right? You look at you look at uh you look at Living Legends, it's it's similar as well where every game is important. Like every week every game is important and the idea that like yes, you might be I'm 2 and 10 or whatever and if I pull off a win, like I'm ruining someone's day. But there are a couple games where I know I'll be looking at because it's like if that person wins, then two people who are outside looking in are in. If the other person wins, then maybe the playoff bracket is solidified the way it's currently composed. 
And don't be that person who loses a match that they should have won because, oh, I forgot that like, you know, luckily there, you know, all the games are happening on Sunday and two on Monday. It's not like, oh, I thought for, I didn't realize Thursday was this week. Oh my God. Like, you know, shame on you. Right. This is, this is the, get your lineup in early. Don't, don't pull a Randy out there and then try to be cute and like play games and, and not start who you think you're going to start, or maybe I'll take a flyer on this. This is a lock it in and pray to the fantasy gods that they deliver. If you need to sacrifice your young, do what you got to do. Um, but this is the most exciting week of the year because it it's a witching hour. I'm telling you, we'll see. We'll see how it looks this time next week. We're either going to be like, uh, we may have to bring up a new award for just, I don't even, maybe we get taps as a drop <laughs> and just let people know that like your season is officially over because you just made poor decisions. We'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to follow up that. I think we can summarize this whole pod and, and the final week of the season with a quote from the great Herm Edwards with you play to win the game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You play to win the game. So with that, we will end the podcast and um, sign off one more time for the week 13 final week of the regular season podcast. Um, I just want to say in every other league you've been in, people are checking out in week 13. And as you can see from the pod, from the slack, from the interviews, we're dumpster diving in your uh, in your local trash to see what you're doing to get a little bit of information on who we might pick up and messing with the ESPN doggles to just understand what we can do with by players in between the time. So it's a little bit different over here and we love it. So with that, have a good one, fellas. Living Legends Podcast.